I'm not the biggest fan of confrontation. I ask a lot of questions, just not out loud. This is AMI Audiobook Review, the weekly podcast where we chat all things audiobooks. And I'm your host, Ramya Amuthan. Welcome to 2023. There are a lot of audiobook conversations to be had, and the quote that we picked for the intro of this episode, the first one of the year, is from Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing by Matthew Perry. And it really does set the tone, or at least ask the questions that we're going to be getting into today. A lot of what is available to us are stories written and told to us by the people who wrote the stories. And really these memoirs, autobiographies, are journals, diaries, truths, and all kinds of maybe even secrets from people. And we get to know a little more of them if we take these as authentic stories, that is. And we're going to get into some of the questions as to why we pick up celebrity memoirs. What are the intentions behind us wanting to get to know these people? Matthew Perry, who plays Chandler Bing in Friends, is someone who has recently come out with a lot of the behind the scenes as to what was going on with him as he shot the seasons of Friends through the series and, of course, all the other movies and things that he's taken part in. So although it was more than a decade ago that he was going through some of the bigger uh, influential parts of his life as it pertains to his use of drugs and uh, going through rehab and all these other things, he comes out with these stories now with what he wants to say about those experiences and in the form of a memoir. And it just sparks the question, why? Why do we want to know? How is he telling these stories and how does this impact the way that we want to hear them? And do we hear them the way that they're intended to be told by the writer? We're going to get into all that a little later on in the show, but first... As we always do, let's take a glance at the CELA homepage. This is from the Center for Equitable Library Access, which you can visit at celalibrary.ca. And the three featured titles that are up there and you can still check out are Black Waterfalls by Azma Zihanat Khan. This is a police procedural fiction. Also, Artificial Divide by Robert Kinjit. This is an anthologies category. And the last one up there for the three featured titles is Love from Mecca to Medina by S.K. Ali. This is categorized as a contemporary romance and family stories. In just a second, we're going to check in with Karen McKay and Teresa Power from the Center for Equitable Library Access to talk more about these influencers' lives in the form of memoirs. This is AMI Audiobook Review. This is AMI Audiobook Review, the weekly podcast where we chat all things audiobooks. And it is our first podcast of 2023. And as it turns out, it's also the first episode 
of 2023 with our friends from the Center for Equitable Library Access. Uh, this check-in we have at the start of every month, and we have it with Teresa Power and Karen McKay. Teresa is the Content and Access Librarian at SELA, and Karen is the Communications Manager. So welcome, well, of course, welcome back, but welcome to both of you to the new year. <laughs> Thank you for still having us. Oh, my goodness. Of course. You know, the no formal renewal needed. It was just like, of course, you're coming back. So I'm curious uh, because, of course, both of you are avid readers. Any books that you're looking forward to in 2023? Anything that you're you've been anticipating or just can't wait to indulge in keeping track of? I haven't myself uh, done any of this, and I usually get surprised when someone's uh, when I found out that someone's dropped their book. So that's my side of it. How about you? I think I have one in January um, that I'm interested in reading, actually. And it's it's a memoir by one of the uh, Duggar kids. And I don't know if people are familiar with them. their show. They had a longstanding show on TLC uh, called, I think it was 19 Kids and Counting at first. And then it was right. 20 kids and counting, and then it was 21, 21 kids and counting. Um, yeah, just about their experience uh, being in that family, because they certainly on TV, you got a very polished kind of perception of what the family is like. And it seems like everyone is, you know, happy, I guess, mm-hmm. I suppose. Um but then I don't know. You kind of you kind of wonder, like you know, in, in twenty one kids, is there not that that you know kid who just likes wearing black and loves I don't know, <laughs> like metal music doesn't or something fit the mold like or, yeah, like doesn't yeah. fit the mold or whatever. Um, and I mean, certainly a, a lot has come out about the family um, in the past few years, uh, very negative things about the family. So, you know, it's just interesting to kind of read the the behind the scenes, how I actually felt and, you know, how I'm doing. I believe she's left the family and the family traditions behind. Uh, so, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to to read all about that. Okay. Well, that's interesting. And I have, like, I only know of the show, and that's pretty much all it. I have not kept a track of any of the kids. So I'm curious about um, how many people. And I think, like the Kardashians, like all these other kind of reality TV examples, people are probably super psyched, like mm-hmm. you, yeah. to, to hear more. All right. But this is a, a great segue into our chat today because Karen and Teresa, you're here to talk a little bit about celebrity memoirs. And we have chatted about celebrity memoirs in different contexts here on the show, um, especially when something's come out or things that we've enjoyed reading, people we've enjoyed reading about. But maybe we can go down a list of things that stand out to us, books, um, people, why we chose them, why we haven't read about them maybe uh choose not to so let's start there you know either something that you can think about that's coming up for you or that the world is anticipating or something you've already read karen 
So I think the one that's sort of on top of mind for everyone is Prince Harry's memoir, Spare, which is coming out just in a few weeks now. Yep. Um, and given all of the media surrounding the Netflix documentary and the situation uh, with the family, I think this one is highly anticipated. Um, it was interesting. Just I was just checking out Goodreads and, and the conversation's already happening over there, even though the book's not been published. And I don't think there's... Um, there's ARCs available. Like, I don't think that they've started to send out pre-publication mm. uh, copies yet. And so, uh, you know, people are either completely invested in this story and this narrative, or they are completely against knowing anything about it and just want it all to go away. So it's interesting to me what that might look like in terms of book conversations around this particular book. Are either of you, Teresa or Karen, um, looking forward to it yourselves? You know, I was was just talking about this, actually. Um, And I think that uh, my initial reaction was like, oh, no. (laughs) You know, I don't think that I can, I don't think I, I could read it. Um, and yet, you know, I watched at least the first half of the Netflix documentary series and, um, you know, kind of like grown up with them, knowing about them, um, because I'm in similar in age to them. Um, I feel like a tiny bit invested as well. So I feel like I've kind of gotten this far and, uh, I will probably read it, although I really going. need to like, I really need to boost myself up. I was saying to my colleagues, like I had to do that for the first watching the first half of the Netflix series. Like I was literally there for days being like, Teresa, you can do this. Like you can watch wow. it. It's going to be okay. <laughs> like it's really going to be okay. Cause you don't know. Like I think that there was like a lot of anticipation for the Netflix thing and there's a lot of anticipation for the book as well on like what what is he going to say um so there's definitely a lot of of build up and I feel like a little bit of of anxiety around around consuming things about them and about the royal family as well (laughs) yeah and I think with the royal family it's fair to say and I'm not a royal watcher, I don't put myself in this category, but I think it's fair to say that there's been so much of, so many conversations throughout the decades that haven't been said by the royals. So because of that factor alone, it they could be talking about anything, you know, and all of it will be news. So from the interview that Harry and Meghan had with Oprah Winfrey uh, to the Netflix special you're talking about to anything at all feels like some kind of development tea whatever because we don't know much there's been so much put on left off the table with the royals it's basically like they're doing in a short time what the royal family strives to not do for yep. their entire existence, which is outing them, talking kinda. about the inner, you know, like the inner sanctum, the 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 workings of what goes on behind the scenes, right? And yep, they're very open to to talking about about that. And there's like a bit of a cringeworthy kind of factor to to it, but then there's also like there is that factor of like of never really knowing and, and kind of 
being sort of interested, like, ooh, this is our first chance of getting mm-hmm. a glimpse into what it was like to be part as part of the royal family. I think that's part of why I'm not sure that I'll read it. It feels a bit voyeuristic to me, and I don't I don't know that I want to be part of somebody's for lack of a better word, sort of therapy session. Like, I don't know that I need to know those things or that I want to know those things or that I think that they should take up the space that they're currently taking up in the public conversation when there's so many other things going on. Right. Um, But, you know, I I will admit to being curious. um, And I think I'm I'm not a huge Megan fan. Um, Wasn't before she, she married Prince Harry. And I think that, you know, that part of the challenge between the royal family and the couple is that I think that they're just talking on different planes about different things, literally like, you know, there's cultural differences that are coming clearly coming into play here about all of the aspects of, of royalty and royal life and that sort of thing. I would be interested to hear from Harry because I think he's probably done a lot of work around, um, you know, his own life experiences and done a lot of thinking about, you know, race and bias and, and he's got a, he's got an interesting perspective. And if we get a chance to talk to about the Bono book, I want to, I think there's a similar kind of perspective from a place of privilege and a place of power and how that gets utilized. Um, But uh, I don't, I don't know that I want to kind of peek behind the curtains that they're drawing open. And I don't, it feels like you're in the middle of a family fight. You are not really where I want to be. Yeah. I I kind of like wonder, and and I think, you know, Karen, what you you say there is like being in the middle of a fight and it being voyeuristic. I, I I just kind of wonder what the whole point of all of this is, because if you at least watch, like like I said, I only watched really the first half of this documentary, but like there's really um, there's really an investment in the two of them to to tell their true story like whatever has happened in the past has has just been the you know the wrong story the wrong narrative and they're very invested in kind of correcting that narrative and yet both of them and I mean especially Harry for his entire life has had a very terrible relationship with the media Mm -hmm. and yet they're here engaging and looking to some sort of media to to tell this story and I just I just like I just I guess I just I wonder what the point is you know and and also I'm just very curious about this investment and in, in really wanting to tell their side of of the story what they say yeah. that the truth is when they could say like forget it like the media is corrupt and we know that they don't, we don't have a good relationship with them and we've been fed to them. This is like things that he said, um, forget about it. We know our story. We know what it was like. We have a great love story. That's what we think. And this is what we thought thought happened. And that's for us to know and forget about it, you know? Well, there's, 
definitely the question of intention. Um, but also for me, I think the reason why, and you mentioned this earlier, Teresa, like the age group and, uh, you know, who this really appeals to and why. And I think for me, it's because I'm curious about the cycle breaking, right? Obviously, this has gone on like the royals and their reputation and their uh, how celebrity they are has gone on for so long and not all with the in a in a healthy way right with the media or other kinds of dynamics and relationships so i'm curious about the the cycle breaking and the intention behind it for harry and megan and a little bit of that torch passing maybe like this is just me throwing out um offering ideas of why it might be but that torch that's been passed on from princess diana and you know what of that what of her advocacy if you will uh that harry is bringing to the table so and again we have no clue like both of you have mentioned this we have no clue what the book is going to bring because there isn't much out there on it so who knows what kinds of um, perspective Harry's going to bring to the table. But Karen, you mentioned Bono. So you take us there, like either the parallels that you were talking about potentially bringing up or um, what about this book did you want to bring to the table? So Bono's got a new book out. Uh, it's the first time that he's written a memoir. There's been lots written about his career, but it's his first um, sort of turn at the typewriter, so to speak. It's called Surrender, A Story in 40 Songs. Uh, 40 songs, one story. Sorry, let me get that right. Um, and so each of the 40 chapters in the book are named after a U2 song. And it's I, I, I've been researching this a little bit. I haven't read it yet, but it's on my list. Um, I think that the the parallels between Harry and, and Bono are that they both come from a place of immense wealth and privilege and the opportunity to make change because of that. Um, and how they're going about that and what the stories are that they're telling. You know, as you said, we don't know what's going to be in, in Harry's book, but Bono's book touches certainly on his personal life, but there's a lot about his advocacy and his um, his work to, to build bridges and to create opportunities for people who have had, you know, fewer opportunities than he's had. We get a bit of a, an insight into how he was growing up in, in Ireland, one of his parents was Catholic, the other was Protestant, and he went to a non-denominational school. And I think that really shaped a lot of his work. There's a big chunk of the book, apparently, that deals with politics and religion in America. And I thought that was kind of an interesting place for him to take this book. Clearly, it's to, um, I think, probably expand his potential audience. Um, but he's a big enough star. I think folks would read it anyway. But I really, I was kind of struck by some of the quotes that I read from the book. And it just particularly in contrast with the situation with with um, Megan and Harry and what they're doing with their their approach and their book and their power and how publicly they're making their their life versus I mean I had to Google whether Bono was married and had kids I don't I didn't remember mm. that um, so that's not a big part of his sort of public persona uh, he is by the way he's got four kids and he married a childhood sweetheart which I think is lovely but um, yeah I just I. I you know, he's met with world leaders to talk about initiatives that he brings to the table. And he sort of built that himself versus Harry's been sort of dropped into that kind of situation. So it's interesting to see how these two folks with similar kinds of level of privilege and power are using that in the world. 
Now that personal connection, right? Like if you're, because there's so much celebrity biographies, autobiographies, mm-hmm. uh, even just when something is narrated by the author themselves in the audiobook form, I'm always slightly curious to check it out just to see how they perform, you know? But uh, <laughs> the the big thing is if I don't feel personally connected in some way to this person, artist, whoever, uh probably won't check out the book and Bono's that for me but the next person Michelle Obama um I was very curious about checking her out because of all the kind of philanthropic work that she philanthropic work that she does um for people have either of you read Michelle Obama's first or other books I have not and again this is um not I don't know I don't I I, again, like I, I, I really like her as a person, and she stands for many great things. But I don't know for me if that translates enough into like really also wanting to read the the books plural. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't read either of them, and I am probably would probably be more interested in reading Becoming, which I think is more memoir. I think The Light You Carry, which is her more recent one, sort of has a bit of a memoir crossover with self-help and life coach thing. And that, I have to say, kind of rubs me just a bit the wrong way. I don't want to be preached at. Like the, the memoirs that I really love are ones of folks who didn't, who don't come from a place of celebrity already, like Tara Westover, an educator, or, um, Paul Calanthe and uh, When Breath Becomes Air, those sorts of like human first person, this is my life and these are my lessons kinds of stories um, that don't come from a place of trying to educate or to, I don't, I don't know what the right word is, but those ones speak to me more than celebrity um, memoirs do. And so I, I don't know whether I'll read Obama's, Michelle Obama's most recent one. I'll probably read it for you know, for work purposes, at least some of it. But um, I don't know that it's one I'll immerse myself in. Hmm. Do you feel, and and I'm not sure how this is going to go, but do you feel it's fair for us to, as readers, um, to be able to critique a person's story, if you will? So when Will by Will Smith came out, this is my most um, memoir uh, that I read, at least, it was very controversial and people were picking apart all the things that he'd shared. And that's from, you know, uh, going through, let's say, aggressive stages of his life or um, trying out different uh, therapeutic mushrooms (laughs) or other kinds of drugs. Right. So all kinds of things where people were like shocked to either learn about the information or felt that they were able to comment on his experiences and say, wow, like, should you really be putting these things in your memoir? Do either of you have any commentary on that? Uh, Will Smith. Um, <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> very topical person. Yeah, I mean, like, part of me is just like, well, you put it out there for people, you know what I mean, to to consume. Um, but then, you know, I, I do think that there is a, a responsibility on people to you know, not go bonkers and be hateful towards people in terms of their response. I mean, you can always, you know, mediate, mediate that. But um, I mean, like you're, you're putting it out there on paper to, to read. So you can't not expect to get some, some commentary back about it, especially if it's, 
maybe really out out there, I suppose. Regardless of the intention. Yeah, like, I, I mean, you're speaking to like what his intention is for telling. Yeah, the, like, like if his intention was just to share a piece of him. Yeah. Uh, uh, to us. Right. And he's he's up there. He's like over 50 now. So he can he has enough to share about that isn't just his rap career, sure. his film and TV and, you know, him going bungee jumping over the canyon or something. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's sharing these bits of him that I'd say are quite vulnerable mm-hmm. uh, pieces of information. And then we for us to be like, oh, no, Will, that <laughs> wasn't a good idea sharing this with us. Right. <laughs> I, so for me, I, I think there's a layer to this that maybe we're dancing around a little mm-hmm. bit. For him in particular, I think some of it has to do with being a potential role model uh, for, for Black men. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. to put out things that are um, and antithetical to that, that are challenging to that, um, I think that that's maybe where some folks might be pushing back, that this isn't stories that we want to tell or we want to hear as a collective from a black person mm. um, versus, you know, like the Matthew Perry um, uh, memoir, similar kinds of content in there and to some degree, right? Like some really some unflattering yes. things about him. Um, but the, he doesn't wear the mantle of a role model for all white men. So, you know, I think that there's maybe some elements and some layers into that piece of it about what are our expectations of our celebrities? What role do they play in our lives? What do we want to hear from them? What do we want to n- know about them? And what are things that we would rather they keep to themselves? And that's maybe, I mean, that kind of leads back to the whole Harry piece too. I don't know that I want to know some of these things about him. Uh, it's definitely so interesting to explore this context with the two of you. We're going to wrap, but any final words, um, parts of this that you just want to put on the table before we exit? My only thing would be read what you love. I read a study the other day that said that people read on average uh, less than one book per month. And so if you think about that over a lifetime, that's not a lot of books. So read the books that you love. That's a good thing to sit with, especially at the start of the year. Thank you both so much for coming on. This is a great conversation. All our conversations are fabulous. So I look forward to the one we have in February. Thanks so much. Happy New Year to everyone. Teresa Power and Karen McKay of the Center for Equitable Library Access. And that's our episode for AMI Audiobook Review this week. And until the next one, happy audiobook listening. Hi, I'm Stephen Scott. Join me every day for Double Tap. It's a show where we occasionally talk about technology for blind and partially sighted people. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts.